Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Jonathan Hatfield, who is CEO at Clickitat Valley Health, located in Goldendale, Washington. Jonathan has an interesting path into healthcare leadership, which we'll discuss today. He will share with us about his facility and the HR environment there, and some exciting things they're doing with the Meditech software. Jonathan will also share with us his experiences with Muse Executive Institute and why he will be attending the upcoming event. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. TJ, thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us more about your facility and kind of the interesting path you have there into getting into leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. Clickitat Valley Health, KVH, as we like to call ourselves, is a critical access hospital here in Goldendale, Washington. We have a rural health clinic with about 10 uh, practitioners there as well. And then we also do medicated assisted treatment out of our clinic, substance use disorder, and uh, we have integrated behavioral health into that family medicine clinic as well. Our town is about 3,500 people and our service area is around 10,000 people. So we're in Eastern Washington and a pretty wide county here in the state. And we are one of two public hospital districts in our county. So we're governed by a board of five uh, publicly elected commissioners. And then the structure of the organization, I've been, I've been here since October, as CEO anyway, since October 6th of 2023. And uh, my predecessor had set up a structure where we have a senior leadership team and that's a formal team made up of uh, some C-levels and directors. There's five on that team, plus myself, who help to set the strategic objectives of the organization. And it allows for, you know, there's the old adage uh, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And so it just allows for a more collaborative and inclusive decision-making process. So under the board, you have myself, and then you have that senior leadership team. And then all of our managers report, really the reporting structure is that they report to one of those senior leaders, if not myself. And so that's kind of an overview anyway of ClickAtap Valley Health. We do about, uh, last year for the first time, we did around $60 million in gross revenue, which is our biggest year since our inception back in 1949. And so we're excited about that. But obviously working in healthcare, that doesn't mean uh, there's any margins. We're a nonprofit hospital. And so, uh, and we're very good at not making a profit. So we're always, uh, right. <laughs> we rely on the uh, the tax support of our constituents to uh, to break even and, and make a little bit of profit for those capital projects and things. Cool. I joined the organization back in 2005. So I had moved to uh, Goldendale, Washington. Actually, there was a girl. Uh, <laughs> so uh, back in 2005, uh, we had gone to school together in Oklahoma and I had moved out here uh, just to be closer to her and see if that relationship uh-huh. was going to work out, to be honest. Uh, it did work out. And so we've been married for, uh, you know, 17 years now and uh, three Congratulations. Uh, handsome and uh, one beautiful child. <laughs> and so excited about that, obviously. Uh, and so when I moved to the area, though, I needed work. I just got out of college and I needed a job here. And so initially I thought I'd be in the town for about six months, to be honest with you. Thought I'd come up here, see if this relationship worked out. If I did, we'd move back to Oklahoma. If it didn't, I'd move back to Oklahoma. Well, it did work out and I applied for some jobs and I got a job here at Clickitat Valley Health in the support services department. I came in and met with the uh, support services director and she said, you know, I really don't have anything for you right now. There's not really, you know, the only thing I've got right now is a night janitor position. And I said, you know, I'll take it. And she said, really? Uh And I said, yeah, I'm just looking for work. And it looks like there's an opportunity here. 
And so, and she goes, look, if I find anything else for you, you know, we'll move you into that. But right now that's what I have. And so I, I took a night uh-huh. monitor position. I'd show up at, I think, uh, two o'clock in the morning and sweep mop and buff the floors. And so wow. probably a month or so into that, there was a guy here and he called to me from a little closet as I was walking by. And he's like, hey, come here. And so I stepped in, not knowing that he was the uh, IS director for a local, uh, for the other hospital in our community. And so that hospital about 50 miles away, and he was doing some contract work here. And he said, hey, do you know anything about IT? I said, well, I have a computer. Uh, and that was, <laughs> that was my IT training at the time was being, you know, going through college and, and using computers. Uh, and so he said, hey, if I train you, would you be willing to, uh, would you be willing to help me out in the tech department? He was coming over a day a week to help the hospital out. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so that was my introduction to IT. I, I, I went into this little closet and he gave me these A plus, uh, you know, CDs to go through uh, and then uh, network plus CDs to go through. And we started doing some training. And then it was really just a lot of on the job training, really did a 18 month internship with him, which was just really an intensive internship where I just, you know, going through those A plus modules, but then just answering the phone and going out and doing troubleshooting. And I still remember just calling him from my cell phone. I was here. He was over 50 miles away. I'm like, Hey, the, it's giving me this error. And he would just walk me through it. So wow. this amazing opportunity just to kind of train and get some hands-on experience, uh, get my hands on some training materials. I took to that pretty quickly. And uh, after about 18 months or so, my CFO came and said, hey, you know, it, it doesn't feel like we're using them very much. And I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of running the show here now. And we still and I still good friends with him to this day, uh, that IT director. Um, and so he said, hey, why don't we hire somebody to come work with you? And I said, that'd be great. And so I had the opportunity to uh, hire another tech and I found somebody who was very geeky, you know, just uh, love technology. And so I hired somebody to kind of supplement me a little bit. And so I became more of the IT project manager. I would set the kind of the vision and direction of the program and he would help me execute it. And so from that, moved into a supervisor of the IT department. From there, I got here in 2005 and in 2009, uh, we all remember the ARRA stimulus package and the High Tech Act that mandated the meaningful use of electronic medical records. Mm-hmm. We didn't have clinical systems of it all. We did have EMR system that really was for uh, patient financial services. And so we could register patients and we could bill patients through this system, but everything else was on paper. And so my CEO came and said, hey, you're going to lead this project. I said, all right. So she said, we've already got an, a, an electronic medical record system. They are adding clinical modules. And so you're going to oversee the addition of those clinical modules. You're going to do all the training and you're going to make sure we achieve at that time meaningful use. And so that was really how I got into the operations of the facility. I, you know, I'd been in IT and doing the IT technician work, but now, you know, implementing email servers and uh, web servers, those kinds of things, you know, upgrading our infrastructure, putting an active directory, moving to voice over IP phone systems and things. So I had been working on those projects, but now I was really going to get my hands dirty in the electronic medical record systems and really, and that's, you know, that lattice being able to, uh, you know, learn and, you know, spread my uh, knowledge and really gain a better understanding of the hospital operations really, really set me up. I didn't realize how much it was setting me up for, for future career path. For sure. So we did uh, implement those systems and, uh, you know, because we're a small hospital, rural healthcare, I, I think is just a place of amazing opportunity. If you're willing and able and capable of learning, then you can really have the, you know, the impact that you want to have. And so I became a physician administrator. That was kind of a certification that allowed me to train our providers. I would go to the train the trainer sessions. 
you know, whether, uh, whatever state that was in. And then I would come back and I would train our nurses and train our providers and make sure we were implementing all the systems. Then I was working with our department of health to make sure that all the integrations and reporting were being achieved. And so we were able to achieve meaningful use and, and, and achieve the, uh, the money that they were, the incentives that they were offering back then. It used to be carrots, not a stick. So we, we worked through meaningful use, implemented several EMR systems. Actually, our core system did our patient financial services and it did our hospital, but it didn't have a clinic or ED module. So we implemented an ED module. We implemented a, a separate ED system uh, and then a separate ambulatory system. And then a few years ago, back in 2019, we did a staff survey. We said, hey, what do you, what do you guys think? How are we doing with these systems? And um, at that time, we decided to go to market. Uh, we selected Meditech and their mass system, and we wanted one patient, one record. And, uh, uh-huh. and we consolidated our EMR systems into Meditech Expanse through that mass model. Cool. From the EMR experience, um, I was able to gain a better understanding, obviously, of you know the electronic medical record systems. And with that came HIPAA privacy. And so I became our HIPAA privacy officer and our HIPAA security officer. And so, you know, not necessarily IT, HIPAA security, there's some IT elements, but really Uh got to uh, do some education and get trained on HIPAA privacy and HIPAA security. And so I would perform any of the HIPAA investigations and I had access obviously through the EMR system to those logs. And so just kind of continue to spread and add those hats as I could. And so now I'm, you know, I'm doing IT, but I'm also the project manager for meaningful use. I'm the HIPAA security officer and I'm the local facility security officer. And so from there, I was I became a, the IT manager um, and was able to add another staff member. And then really through that EMR system implementation, formed an informatics team. And so hired some RNs to come and work with me in that informatics department. Uh-huh. Eventually, that led to being selected to uh, succeed our compliance officer here at the organization. I was already in EMRs. I was in HIPAA privacy and security. And uh, there was enough overlap with compliance that I became, I began to study for and became the compliance officer. And so we had a really competent quality compliance officer. I worked with him for a couple of years and again, using HCCA materials, those kinds of things got up to speed on the complex uh, regulatory environment that is the healthcare system in the United States. And so over a course of a couple of years, I was able to take on that compliance role. And at that time, my CEO came to me and said, you know, we'd we'd like you to think about being on our senior leadership team. And so our compliance officer at the time was on that senior leadership team. He was preparing for retirement. And so it just seemed like, you know, it was a natural fit for me with, with all the different experiences that I had to slide into that senior leadership team, which was additional responsibility. But also, you know, I just looked at it as a seat at the table, being able to voice, you know, Folks have great ideas around technology, but how to execute them or how realistic or relevant or cost-effective they are, uh, they need somebody in that industry to, uh, to kind of have a voice at the table. And so I accepted it just to be able to sit at the table and be a part of those conversations. So I became uh, a member of the senior leadership team in name only, really. I was, I was there. I wasn't actually a part of the team. And then over the course of those uh, couple of years, I was able to grow into that. And around that same time, you know, uh, just a little bit after joining the senior leadership team, my, my CEO came to me and said, you know, the board's doing succession planning. This is a big thing right now. Uh, the AWPHD and Washington State Hospital Association are saying you need to have a succession plan. Um, if you, uh-huh. What we're seeing and what the data shows is if you have an internal succession plan, if you can identify that person and have an internal plan, that's where we see the most success. And so she said, would you be interested in succeeding? You know, talking to all the senior leaders. Uh, but I think this would be a great position for you. 
And she said, you know, you're going to have to expand your education. You'll have to, uh, you know, you'll have to get some more education, but you know, we've got a five-year plan here. And I said, you know, let me, let me think about that. But yes, I'm, I'm definitely interested. And so being able to sit at the senior leader table, having a really close relationship with my, with my predecessor and CEO, I, you know, her having that confidence in me gave me confidence. This is something I can do. This is something that I'll, that I can prepare for. And so I I enrolled in a master's program and uh, began working towards becoming our chief operating officer. And then three years into that plan, you know, we hit COVID and that was really at the beginning of that plan. And then about three years into that plan, uh, early in 2023, my boss came to me. We still had a couple of years left of this plan. I would finish my degree. Uh, and she said, Hey, we're going to have to accelerate that timeline. And I said, well, you know, we had a five-year plan. Let's, let's go ahead and stick with that. And she said, no, it's going to be a little faster. I've got an opportunity I can't turn down. And, uh, she said, I, I think you're ready. You know, I had already become the COO. I was overseeing some revenue generating departments. And she said, you know, you've got the right team. You're the right person. You know, I don't want the board, you know, I'm going to advise the board not to go out, but I really think that you should be the person. And so that's the conversation we had, you know, she went to the board, she uh-huh. announced her resignation. The board came to me. They said, you know, we've got two options here. We can post this and we can see what we get. We can recruit for it, or we can bring you in with some consulting and some, uh, you know, some mentorship still. And, and we can go that route. How would you feel if we posted this? And I said, you know, if you post it, I'm going to apply. And if you find somebody better than me, then we're all better off for it. But I, yeah. you know, I, I would have my, I would like to put my hat in there and uh, have that conversation. And they said, okay. So the board met, they came back and they said, we're not going to post it. We've got a five-year plan. We feel like, you know, I had to propose to them a plan, you know, to continue that plan. Really. I would be obviously the CEO and have all the, the full weight and authority of that position. Uh, but I would have some management consulting and I would actually acquire that from my predecessor who was offering that. And so I contracted with her and became the CEO on October 6th of 2023. Cool. And uh, so that's kind of my path into, uh, into this role. Wow. Well, that's, that's really fascinating. I mean, I've, I've heard lots of journeys through, uh, you know, healthcare IT and healthcare leadership, but I don't know that I've heard one quite like that. So that's, that's pretty exciting. So when you were at Oklahoma, you didn't study hospital administration or IT or anything like that, right? Didn't spend much time in hospital administration. No, I, my, uh, <laughs> my dad is a minister and I had intended to follow <laughs> into his footsteps, actually. He's a Baptist preacher uh-huh. in Oklahoma. And uh-huh. I went to a uh-huh. Heartland Baptist Bible College there in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, okay. and um, had a great experience there. And growing up, you know, I, I, I grew up in a minister's home. And so my dad, you know, he was very big on servant leadership and, you know, and his motto was see a need, take the lead. And he didn't coin that obviously, but see a need, take the lead. And so that was ingrained in me from a young age. And so when I got to KVH, there was a need, you know, in the plant services yeah. department and the support services department. And then <laughs> cool. those needs arose, you know, I would, I would, I would take those on. And I wasn't, I, you know, obviously I wasn't motivated by money. Um, I was motivated by here's an opportunity for me to further ingrain myself in this organization and trusting that, you know, you're going to be rewarded for the, for that. And so if you're able to, uh, master it and you're able to, uh, show competency in it, you know, the, the money's going to follow, the title's going to follow, the positions are going to follow. So honestly, um, I was just looking for opportunities to serve and looking for opportunities to, um, make myself indispensable to the organization. And, um, yeah. you know, I guess it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So it sounds like you were the, the one and only IT department, if you want to call it that back when you were interning. So what does your IT department look like now? How many staff and managers do you have? 
Well, I've had uh, a little more influence, uh, especially as a senior leader. And so we've, we've grown the IT department. When we knew my succession plan, uh, you know, I was going to move into the CEO role. Uh, we had a supervisor at the time and he resigned and moved uh, during COVID. He moved to Missouri. And so we said, you know, what is this role going to look like? It's probably not going to be a senior leader, you know? And so we hired an IT manager and I, uh, we posted the position and I was able to hire actually a colleague of mine that I'd known for years from the Northern part of the state who was looking for a change. And so we hired an IT manager. We brought in a systems administrator, a help desk technician. And then, uh, we have another tech one right now who is kind of our catch-all for uh, anything that those guys don't love doing. And so he's uh, <laughs> he's kind of um, the me when I first got here. It's an internship for him, yeah. and he is just taking any of the roles or responsibilities, any way he can support the team he does. And then separate from that, but under that same umbrella, we have our informatics department. And so that's uh, yeah. two RNs, and then we actually have one MLT, a medical lab technician. Oh, great. Took him from our lab department. He really wanted to be involved in informatics. And so we have uh-huh. three informaticists. And then we have, you know, the manager, systems administrator, help desk coordinator, and uh, tech one in the IT department. Cool. Sounds like a little more appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> considering right. <laughs> all the stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Right. Good deal. So talk to us a little bit about this EHR environment. I mean, you, you talked about all your different services, your BHC and your, and your home health and that sort of thing. Are you using mass across all those areas or do you still have some disparate systems out there? There are a couple of disparate systems. We wanted to use mass to its fullest capacity in a reasonable way. And so, you know, Meditech was up front with us. They said, you know, you're probably going to want to keep your outpatient therapy software. And so we did. We did move to their hospice software. Um, and then we also have a retail pharmacy. We weren't able to bring that over. We do optometry. So that's uh-huh. a very specialized program. Uh, we, we tried it out of Meditech initially. There were just some hurdles that we weren't able to overcome. Uh, and I'm not blaming uh-huh. Meditech for that at all. It, it, was primar- it was probably primarily internal. But they, there is a quality optometry system that our optometrists had used, and it was really inexpensive. And so we did implement that. And then we also have dental. And so we, have, uh, we're, we don't use Meditech for dental. Um, but other uh-huh. than that, you know, our emergency department, ambulatory clinic, you know, our hospital, obviously with inpatient, our out, our inpatient therapists use Meditech Expanse. And so, you know, when we, when we did that survey, there were a lot of inefficiencies with the system, but even bigger than that, when we created our problem statement and the mission and goal of our uh, selection committee of that EMR steering committee, it was really more around quality and safety. With multiple systems, we had some serious safety issues. You, you, we would place orders in our ambulatory system. It would cross over, but o- oftentimes the results of those labs, for example, wouldn't come back into the system as it was designed to. And that yeah. was for a number of different issues, not blaming any of the vendors, and I won't mention any names, but uh, we had some serious quality and safety issues. And so one of the goals was to resolve those. And so you know, we're a few years in now to Meditech, And we really feel like from a quality and a safety perspective, we've achieved what we were setting out for. By having that one patient, one record, we've achieved a lot of those, the safety objectives that we had. And while, you know, all EMR systems have their pluses and minuses, you know, we we have a lot more confidence in our system today as a result of having that one patient, one record. And so we do have a few disparate systems, but for the most part, uh, Meditech Expanse is the EMR system for KBH. Awesome. Oh, that's just great. That makes a big difference. You know, anytime you can integrate those systems, you know, within a, within that system without with internal integration versus, you know, interface engines and all those things, you get, you get so much more continuity of care and, you know, more tra- data transparency, all those, all those perks I'm sure you're experiencing already, 
even though you're kind of early in the journey. So, yeah. And then the other thing is the efficiencies, you know, when you'd come into our clinic, yeah. you'd register, update your insurance demographics, then you'd come over to the hospital for your labs and you'd have to do it all again. <laughs> and so from a quality perspective and the perception of our services, which we, which we yeah. always talk about here, it certainly improved that perception and the quality. And that also, you know, we'd been out, we went out for a bond back in 2019 and one of the, one of the, and we, and we failed. Uh, narrowly, but we failed. We needed a 60%. I think we had 55% or something of the votes that time around. And the overwhelming sentiment of the community felt like it was around our billing system and the transparency of our billing and the quality of our billing system. And so that was one of the other motivating factors uh, to go to market the next year in 2020 was, you know, our community wasn't pleased with what we were offering them. And a lot of that was due to our EMR system. And so, you know, that's another thing we, you know, we want to have our ear to the ground of the community. What are your concerns and what are, you know, what are the things that you are interested in here? And that was, that was one of the the loudest voices. And so being able to replace that, we feel like we really achieved better customer satisfaction with our billing system as well. And so that yeah. that's a compliment to Meditech as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm assuming you you rolled out the portal in some capacity and, and, you know, there's a billing component to that too, is, are you seeing good engagement from the community in your portal services? Yeah, it's, it's buried, you know, our demographic here in Eastern Washington and in our community, we're kind of a, I don't want to call it a retirement community, but we do have a growing demographic of over 65 community members. Uh-huh. And so with that, uh, we've seen moderate success, I would say with our portal and we've, uh-huh. we've done some pushes, you know, we've got booths at our uh, community days and at our fair, and we've done some pushes for that. And we've seen some pretty good adoption and we've rolled out the uh, virtual visits as well through the portal. And so been able to achieve, uh, especially during, uh, you know, during COVID, we, we, you know, our clinic, you know, was obviously severely impacted by by COVID. And so being able to spin up those virtual visits very quickly and in a streamlined manner, we started with Zoom. And then as we got the portal online and we got the virtual visits rolled out, we were able to migrate our providers over to that, which just provides that further integration and you're in that, you know, that single system as opposed to launching multiple windows and things. So both from a customer's perspective and from our provider perspective, you know, definitely we're able to achieve some, uh, some, some better results, I think, by using the portal and virtual visits. Well, that's awesome. Let's talk about the uh, upcoming Muse Executive Institute. For those that aren't familiar, it's, you know, it's basically an event that Muse puts on that's geared toward upper management, you know, C-level type folks to um, meet with other Meditech organizations. Then there's a kind of a, I call it vendor speed dating component where um, there's lots of vendors that are there and you you get a a limited time across the table from these different vendors to understand what they can offer in the, in the Meditech space and, um, and, you know, see if it might be something your organization might need. But I understand you've attended that in the past and you're coming up to another uh, event. So talk to us about what you've experienced at that event and, and why it's important for you to attend. Well, I feel like, you know, your EMR system is one of the, you know, the heartbeats of your organization. There's just so much information that's put into it. Every employee, for the most part, touches Meditech at some point, even if it's just for incident reports. And so I think that prioritizing a relationship with Meditech and then as best you can, using, uh, you know, the tools at your disposal to optimize that system are super important. And I really appreciated the Muse Executive Institute last year. It was my first time getting to go and didn't really know what to expect. It is a highly efficient conference. They don't, there's not a lot of free time. There's not a lot of downtime. You are either in a session with a peer, right? I mean, a CIO, IS director, whatever that is, uh, but some type of a, a senior executive giving presentations. And uh, I remember last year, some great presentations. Um, 
And so it's a great group to network with. I'm new. I still consider myself new to the uh, Meditech world. And so being able to network with folks that have been with Meditech for a little while and then been a part of Muse. I love the part where we sit down, you know, the Muse executive group is there and then you've got Meditech executives there as well. And you just get to talk about, here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're feeling. Here's the problems that we're experiencing. How can you help us? And I yeah. feel like that group is able to drive change with Meditech. And really, you know, our combined voices have a lot more weight, you know, together. And so last year we saw some, uh, just some great results from those meetings with Meditech themselves and Meditech partnering with us to reach out to our third parties, you know, around, you know, cost creep, those kinds of things. And so being able to network, being able to listen, and then I'm new to the ecosystem that surrounds Meditech also. Our previous uh-huh. EMR vendor, you know, tried to be the one shop for everything and, and Meditech has their lane and then they have folks that they recommend outside of that. And so uh-huh. I'm new to that. And so last year was really helpful. Got to meet some great vendors actually through the speed dating process. And I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that either, to be honest. I've been, I've been in uh, a couple of those situations now. And it's really a great opportunity to sit down, talk shop, um, you know, here's our priorities, where can we find some synergy and see where, you know, where the stars align for us to continue these conversations. And not all of the conversations materialized and not all of them were as high a priority maybe to justify further conversations. But I made some great connections last year. We've got a couple of vendors that were very integrated with even a year later and continuing to use. And so looking forward to Uh, maybe expanding those relationships as well, both with peers, but also with the vendors uh, in that Meditech ecosystem. Great. Yeah, it's it's, uh, great. Even if you're not interested in something right then, you know, with one of the vendors and they plant that seed and, you know, how many times it's happened, you're like, man, we need something that does this. And you're like, oh yeah, I have that card or whatever it is. So, so it's good to know what's out there, even if it's not, you know, the right time and everything. So, and, um, and I'm sure the, you know, the attendees aren't made up of all critical access hospitals, I'm sure, but, you know, they'll be, uh, CEOs and CIOs and stuff there from, you know, thousand bed hospitals or multi-hospital systems, but there's still something to learn from each other. That's what's so cool about Muse is, you know, there's still something to gain from, from that peer interaction and, and you're all on Meditech. It's, it's Meditech across the board. So I'm sure there's some good and cheering there. Yeah. And I think, you know, it being a Meditech group really helps because you're, you're speaking, you know, apples to apples, um, uh-huh. healthcare, you know, conferences are great and it's great to learn from a variety of folks, but you know, right now our goal is to optimize Meditech to, you know, continue to improve the quality of the system, the usability of the system, the user satisfaction in the system. And, you know, you, you can't replace, you know, talking to your peers and gaining from their experiences. You know, we had, uh, you know, we went live in 2000 with our, our first EMR system and we had it until, you know, 2021 really. So we had two decades of experience we've got, you know, three years now of experience with Meditech. And so there's folks out there that have been with Meditech for 20 years. Right. So it's great being able to talk to them and glean from their knowledge and wisdom and experience. And so uh, that's why I don't, I don't attend a lot, especially, you know, the IT focused conferences. I won't be attending very many of those in my new role, but I really wanted to prioritize uh, the Muse Executive Institute because I feel like we still have some work to do with Meditech. And if I can, be a part of that group and, and glean uh, from that group and throw my voice in with that group to Meditech. I think it's important for our organization strategically as well. Yeah, I think that's really smart, you know, to be engaged and, and stay engaged with that group and get to hear from Meditech leadership as well. I notice there's some physicians from Meditech that are going to be speaking at this conference, which will be really interesting. Absolutely. And like you said, there's not a lot of free time, but when there is free time, what a beautiful uh, <laughs> uh, location. 
My goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible. Yeah. And that that definitely drives, you know, making time for it. You know, I've got some personal yeah. stuff going on at home this weekend. I'll be missing. But, you know, when you're going to Newport Beach, uh, <laughs> you can make some That's sacrifices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, Jonathan, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today and, and talking to us about all the great things you're doing there at KVH. And anything you might have going on personally that you would like to share with the the group, you know, any kind of leadership books you're reading or any kind of uh, YouTube channels you're watching or anything you might want to share? Yeah. You know, uh, I am, my personal life is pretty busy. I've got a high school boy playing basketball and a middle school boy playing basketball. And so, uh, not a lot of free time. Um, but obviously, you know, if you're going to be in leadership, you need to be reading. And, uh, I had a, a CMO recently that we I was working with and he recommended to me, uh, the four disciplines of execution. And so I've been a, uh, we, we've been a Franklin Covey, Institute members as an organization and gone through, you know, seven uh-huh. habits and speed of trust and trust and inspire. And so really got a lot from that. Locally at our organization, we have kind of a manager uh, training program, a leadership training uh-huh. program. So we go through a, a lot of books just to make sure that all of us are speaking the same language. And so we get, you know, crucial accountabilities, crucial conversations, reality-based leadership, those kinds of things. So on my desk right now, I've got the four disciplines of execution. And then at home, working through Art of the Impossible. And so if you haven't, uh, look at, I think it's Stephen Kotler's book, Art of the Impossible. Yeah, I, It was turned on to me by my former clinic director. And uh, just, a, it's a really good book. I love science-based books. I love, you know, tapping into neuroscience to improve, you know, yeah. focus and productivity and goal setting and accomplishments. And so working through some of the uh, the work in the Art of the Impossible as well. So from a personal growth perspective, also, you know, like I said, I am actually finishing still that master's degree. So once I finish my MBA, I'll also be doing some more formal education around healthcare administration. But um, love to learn, love to read, love to uh, listen to others. I haven't, I haven't really tapped into a lot, uh, nearly as many podcasts as I'd like to. I, I enjoy Harvard Business Review, uh-huh. but haven't really gotten into the podcast as much. And I think it's because I'm in a small town. I don't spend a lot of time in the car. Uh, yeah. but, uh, definitely love to read. And so, uh, always open to other suggestions for books I should be listening awesome. to at or podcasts. Well, great. I'll, I'll put links to those books in the, in the show notes. So everybody can, uh, read along with you if they, if they so choose. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks so much for your time today. And, and I'm really excited to kind of watch your journey and, and see, you know, see you grow in this position and see what you all do with, uh, with Meditate Expanse. It's, it's going to be exciting and, and I hope you have a great upcoming uh, conference. I appreciate it, TJ. It's been a pleasure being on with you. Looking forward to the conference. And um, yeah, excited for the future of KBH. I, I tell folks at New Hire Orientations, I've been here, you know, however many years since 2005. This is the best time to be a member of KBH, not because of me, the organization, the culture, uh, financial stability, all of those things. And uh, But there's there's room for improvement. And I think Meditech is going to be a big part of that. And so excited for the conference and excited to see where we go. So appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, right, no problem. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.